How would you like to have a new heaven and a new earth, a new planet that we could live on like this earth, but even better because the one who made it can make it again. And he spent over 2000 years working on it again. Remember the first one was in seven days. I don't know if you take that literally, but I do. I think God can do anything. And I think he did it in seven days, but this time, 2000 years, how awesome is this new earth going to be? Well, let's look at that right now. Revelation chapter 21 says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth passed away and there is no longer any sea. Well, I got a problem with that because I'm a surfer. I love surfing, you guys. How could God do that? Well, Perhaps there's planets in the new heavens, right? The new universe. There's planets out there that are like a Pacific Ocean, but the whole planet, right? With islands all over it, perhaps. Like little Hawaiian islands all over the place. I'll take that, right? But anyway, it's talking about this new earth. And back in John's day, what that meant was the sea separated people back then. It was a place where you went out and you probably, a lot of times, you didn't come back alive. Those guys were killed all the time in storms and all that. They didn't have the forecasts like we have today. And it was also a way that it separated uh, countries and people from each other. That's what the sea meant in those days. So there's no more sea. And it's a good thing in this new heaven and new earth. And here we are, guys. So let's continue in that scripture. Okay. And I saw the holy city. New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. When I married my beautiful wife and I saw her walking down those steps with her dad at this this awesome place where we got married. We got married in this little castle in Maryland, and it was just a beautiful place. And when I saw her coming down those steps, I was blown away. I was just in awe of how beautiful she was. And that's how John describes the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven like a bride dressed up and and made beautiful as she possibly could for her husband. And who's the husband? Jesus, right? The Messiah, the King of kings and Lord of lords. We've been looking at that throughout these scriptures. Let's continue in these right now, you guys. So... And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among the people. Well, what does that mean, the tabernacle of God? Well, remember that the tabernacle was the dwelling place where God would actually come and he would be there above the mercy seat and he would be there for the people, and he would be in the camp of Israel. Remember that? He was there, and it was a portable worship center, that tabernacle. And there was that that cubed area that was 15 feet by 15 feet by 15 feet, which was the Holy of Holies. That was the place where the Ark of the Covenant was and the mercy seat where the Lord's presence would actually come in, and he would meet with the people And that is the tabernacle of God. And here in the scriptures, it says, And I heard a loud voice from heavens, from the throne, saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among the people. 
What a great thing that is, is it not? So here's a picture of the camps of Israel camped all the way around this tabernacle, which was this portable worship center for those days. And then here's the actual tent of the meeting. And then back here in the far area was the Holy of Holies, where the Lord would actually meet Moses. And he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. Isn't that great? We have to no longer we do we pray to an invisible God. We will actually be with him face to face, seeing our God, our Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, we're going to be there with them. And it's going to be so incredible, you guys. I can't wait for this. This is our hope as Christians. Our hope is in heaven, our eternal home, our home that's going to be there forever and ever. I hear guys at my work talk about retirement all the time, like it's the greatest thing in the world, like they're going to heaven. You know, many times people just die after like a year of retirement, or they just are bored to death during retirement and just sleep away. But that only lasts for a little bit of time anyway, and it's gone. You die. But heaven, my friend, if you're not a Christian, you should become one because heaven, heaven is forever and ever and ever and ever. And it's the ultimate retirement. It's guaranteed because it's in the scriptures and everything in the scriptures comes to pass. It has come to pass when Jesus came, he fulfilled all of those scriptures in the Old Testament or a bunch of them about his first coming. Right, the suffering servant, Isaiah 53, Psalm 22, there's just so many, Zechariah 12, there's so many, but there's many of them that are talking about his second coming and his, his thousand year reign, like Isaiah 35 and other places, but then it talks about this eternal new heaven and new earth, and that's coming. Here we're just looking at that in the book of Revelation, you guys, that's what we're seeing, right? All right, well, let's continue in Revelation Chapter 21. Here we go, guys. And he, who's he? God, will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no longer be any death. Isn't that awesome? If you've lost somebody and you know the sting, somebody that you love, you know the sting of death. I lost a few of my my Ranger buddies that I was in the Army Rangers and Third Ranger Battalion. Um I saw, you know, guys killed in training. It was so tough. The training has to be tough. But there was my friends of mine who were killed in training. And then when some, when Somalia happened and Bravo Company went to this October 3rd battle in 1992, or I think it was 93, six of my Ranger buddies were killed. They never came back. And I had to watch their family members, their little kids crying over their dad. Uh, in his coffin that was draped in the American flag. So it really irritates me when I see people burn the flag. But these guys died for their freedom, and they were heroes. And then some of them went on to other units and things like that, and I hear about them, that they were killed in this war on terror, and they're heroes. Those guys are heroes. They laid their lives down for their loved ones, and that's the ultimate thing you can do. And so... Here, we're looking at in the book of Revelation, it says right here, guys, and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Who's they? You and I, if you go to heaven, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you will go to heaven. And it says he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will no longer be any death. No more death. Isn't that awesome? 
And there will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. The new earth, the new heavens, just this new experience to be with God personally. Isn't this great, you guys? And he said, right, for these things are faithful and true. Faithful and true. In other words, that's even the name, the new name of Jesus. Remember, it was written on him. He is faithful and true when he rides in on the white horse in Revelation chapter 19, not chapter 6. I did an episode on that. That's the false Messiah who at this point in the book of Revelation, he's thrown into the lake of fire, him and the, the false prophet, you know, the beast and the false prophet, which speaks of that false Messiah and that I think it's a pretend Jesus, this false Jesus, the prophet Jesus. And they're both in the lake of fire at this point. And we're, this is like when things get perfect. Things get good. There's a thousand-year reign. At the end of that, there's a little rebellion. But then after that, with us, the humans who are with Jesus forever and ever, it's perfection. It's going to be awesome. And it's not going to be boring. We're not going to be in clouds floating around, uh, singing, uh, playing harps like a lot of those dumb pictures, you know, like babies playing harps and that's heaven floating around in clouds. No way. Look behind me. See those green, those evergreens behind me, the, the cedars and the Douglas firs. And then over here, you can't see it. But out the other window, there's this beautiful view of the Olympic mountains. And then we have the strait, which is like the ocean, this, this inlet where the, there's beautiful waves and beaches. And this is what heaven's going to be, you guys. It's a place a dwelling place. And also, the New Jerusalem is this magnificent city, this huge, beautiful city. The next episode is going to be all about this New Jerusalem, and it's huge. In fact, it is like taking two Italys, stacking them the length of Italy, like the boot, right? Stacking them on top of each other. That's just one side of it. And that's not even the full length because it's 1,500 miles. And if you stack Italy, it's about 1,450, 1,450 miles. But it's a cube. It's a city. It's a place where there's food, there's eating, there's dining, there's entertainment, there's worship, there's music, there's festivals, there's festivities, there's gardens. It's a real place, guys. And it's not going to be boring, okay? (laughs) Don't worry about it being boring. A lot of people do, and we don't need to worry about that. All right, because God's words are faithful and true, just like that scripture just said. All right, then he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Alpha is the first letter in the Greek alphabet. Omega is the last. So what he's saying is, I am the beginning and I am the end. Because I believe God is outside of time. And guys like C.S. Lewis also believe that. And I believe it's true. I believe that time itself was like a record player, okay? It was like God took this time and set it on the record player, and each revolution is like a year, right? And that needle's moving down towards the middle, and and the years get shorter and shorter, kind of like when you get older. Each year seems faster and faster and faster, right? But time itself, I believe, is like that. And when that last song plays, like the book of Revelation is showing us, all these scriptures are fulfilled that we're looking at, when that last last song plays, you guys, it's the end. And the record is taken off of it, and you're there in your reality. You see God there, and you're like, oh, you were outside of time the whole time. Wow, you, 
I thought you were subject to time. And God's like, no, I'm not subject to time. I created time. Time is subject to me, God can say. So we don't need to worry about that. Okay, let's continue, guys. And then he said to me, it is done. The al- I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. All right, we're going to continue right now in Revelation chapter 21. I will give water, God says, to the one who thirsts from the spring of the water of life without cost. I love that. Without cost. What is that? That's called grace. That's called getting something good that you do not deserve. That's what grace is, you guys. And here he's saying without cost, you get this living water for any who thirsts. Remember, Jesus stood up in the temple in John chapter 7, and he said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink, and out of his heart will upwell living water. That speaks of the Holy Spirit, you guys, the spirit of life. He pours into us. He pours in this living water, which gives you love and patience and kindness and mercy and just warms your heart up. That's what he does. It's like a fire too. It just, he burns in your heart. And here you can see a a little painting of a waterfall and there's a bridge up here. And I just tried to show a little bit of what this beautiful living water might look like. And then it continues, the one who overcomes will inherit these things and I will be his God and he will be my son or daughter. It's the same thing. It's That's just the old English, guys. But for the cowardly, unbelieving and abominable and murderers and sexually immoral persons and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars... Their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Remember the last episode, we talked about the second death. But if your your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, you will not experience the second death because you're saved. And and some of us Christians, we do these things, right? We're sexually immoral sometimes. Uh, We're, I don't know if we get into sorcery, but... We uh, sometimes we put things before God, which is idolatry. We lie sometimes, even as believers and Christians. But Jesus justified us by His blood. He paid for every single sin that I've ever committed, that I do commit, and that I will commit until the day I die. He paid for it all, and He paid for yours too, because He paid for the whole world's sins, and. That's something that's very mysterious and hard for some of us to understand, but the Bible tells us, the scriptures say, he paid for all of our sin. But you have to believe. You have to believe in him and be born again to receive that free gift of his, his forgiveness, to be justified so that the Father looks at you the same way he looks at Jesus. That same standing that Jesus has, we as believers have with the Father. I want that. I don't deserve it, but I want that. And I've got it because I received Jesus Christ into my heart. And you will have a chance to do the same thing, my friend, with a prayer at the end of this episode. So stay tuned. If you would like to receive Jesus Christ, you may be feeling the Holy Spirit in your heart right now. You can do so. He's a prayer away. You can pray to God at the end of this episode. So so we'll get to that in a couple of minutes here. All right, let's get back to the scripture. 
But those who don't believe, their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. You do not want to be a part of that second death. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues came and he spoke with me, saying, Come here, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. Oh my goodness, isn't that awesome? The wife of the Lamb. That's a, someone who is very close to Jesus, right? Remember, the lamb is Jesus. We were told that in this book. And, and what did John the Baptist say? Behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Wow. So here he's saying, I will show you the bride. And he carried me off or he carried me away in the, in the spirit to a great and high mountain. And showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. So Jerusalem and its inhabitants are like the bride for the Lamb. And we are the citizens of this new Jerusalem. We who believe in Yeshua Mashiach, if you're in Israel, or Jesus Christ, if you're a Gentile. We who believe in him. Isn't that awesome, you guys? So this new Jerusalem, he showed it to me coming down out of heaven, having the glory of God. Her brilliance was like a very valuable stone, like a stone of crystal clear jasper. Isn't that incredible, you guys? Can you? We can't even imagine this. We can't imagine this scene that's going to unfold. We get a little glimpse of it here in the book of Revelation. And that's one of the reasons this book comes with a promise from God two times. One is in chapter one, and then later you're going to see it in this chapter. And in, I think it's chapter 22, I'm not sure. But there's a this guarantee, this promise that you are blessed when you read or go through or hear, just like you are right now, the prophecy of this book. And this book is a prophecy. Back in John's day, it was speaking of the future. It was not things of the past. It was things of the future because the book is in chapter 1, verse 19. Remember, there was an outline, right? He told, the angel told uh, John, who wrote this book, he said, write down the things which are or were, those things that you saw, right? The things that were Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, the things which are the church age that John was presently living in and that we are today, right? And then the things that shall take place after this. After what? Well, after chapters two and three, which is all about those churches, the seven churches, right? Then there is this door open to heaven. John goes up into the door. He sees heaven. He sees myriads and myriads of people worshiping God. And he's getting a glimpse into what I believe is the catching up of the bride, the rapture of the church before that seven-year tribulation period or Jacob's trouble as it's called. And then chapters 6 through 19 show that great tribulation period. There's that first rider on the white horse, the false messiah, which is called the beast. And then his false prophet shows up. There's war, there's problems, there's all these different things that happen. And then there's God's judgment that comes to but we're spared from that as believers right now. We are going to be caught up to be with the Lord in the twinkling of an eye to have that seven-year, what I believe is like a honeymoon period with Jesus Christ. Because the Jewish marriage uh, ritual back in Jesus' day was that they would have a cup together, they would drink the wine together with the father, the the you know the betrothed bride who was... 
they were engaged to the, the groom and Jesus being the groom and, and us believers being the bride. And then he said, Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. Jesus said that. Well, that's what this bridegroom would do. He'd go back to his father's house and he'd prepare a room just for him and the bride for seven days. For one week, they would be together. And then there was this big marriage banquet. And then <laughs> it's so much tied into this book of Revelation. It's amazing, right? So, hey, really excited about going into the next episode. It was Revelation chapter 21. We're going to look at the New Jerusalem. The New Jerusalem, this beautiful city. And I love cities too. And I live near Seattle and it used to be this awesome place to go. It's not so much anymore. But, you know, when we first lived here back in like 2005, it was just this, they call it the Emerald City. And it really is a beautiful city. It's kind of screwed up right now. Excuse my lady. It's just kind of corrupt because of the politics and all these different things. People are, there's like, there's crime is just everywhere. It's not a safe and not a good place right now. But this New Jerusalem, you guys, it's going to be the real Emerald City. It's going to fulfill every dream you had of this awesome, of an awesome city that you could spend the rest of eternity in and never be bored. All right. But hey, if you have never received Jesus Christ and you would like to do so, you've never gave your heart to him, you never were born again. Perhaps God's knocking on the door to your heart. Maybe you feel guilty about your sin. Do you know that your greatest need as a human being is to be forgiven by God? Because this is why people have no peace in their heart. And there's this empty spot in your heart. You may sense it. This loneliness, this void that's in your heart that can only be filled by God. And you have to come to Jesus Christ. Jesus died on the cross. He came. He was born of a virgin, just like Isaiah chapter 7 says. And then he suffered and died on the cross, like Isaiah 53, Psalm 22. And he did all this to pay for our sins, to, to save us, to rescue us. And he shed his blood, his precious blood, which paid for all of our sins, you guys. And he died. But in three days, my friend, he was raised up from the dead. And he's alive today. And this is what gives us great hope. Our hope is in that as Christians. And if you would like to invite Christ into your life and become a follower of him, you can do so right now, my friend. You just say this prayer after me. This is you praying to God from your heart. You just stop everything. Pretend that nobody's around if there's others around. This is business between you and God. All right? You're just going to say this prayer to invite Jesus Christ into your life to be your Lord and Savior. This could be the greatest moment of your life. If you want to do that, repeat these words after me. You are praying to God. Ready? All right, repeat after me. Dear God, I know that I am a sinner and I am sorry for my sin. Please forgive me. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin and shed your blood for me. I believe that in three days you were raised from the dead, as the scriptures say. I also believe you are alive today. I choose to follow you as my Lord and as my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for loving me. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, my friend. If you did that, heaven rejoices right now over one who turns to God. That's what Jesus said. 
Congratulations, my friend. Hey, comment down below. I'd love to pray for you. And I'm real excited about this next next episode. We're going to go into this new Jerusalem. And hey, don't forget to subscribe, you guys. You, you will get all kinds of content. About, and we use the whole Bible in this channel. This is all about going through and using the whole Bible to understand the Bible. All right? Hey, God bless you. Thank you.